Fannie Lou Hamer would say, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I think many people in our community, it feels that exact same way. So, you know, I know this campaign, people may feel like it may be, oh, this is just a love fest. No, this is about not only just loving one another, but this is a work fest. This is about bringing people together to do the hard work and making sure that we're touching the minds of everybody. Bridge the city. Welcome to Bridge the City, a podcast recorded in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and welcome to our first episode of 2020. Whether this is your first or 50th episode, thank you for your support and for getting informed and involved in our city. I'm Sam Woods, and fittingly, we start off this year with an election special. For Milwaukee voters, there are four elections this year, with everything on the ballot from alderperson to president. The next two elections will be on February 18th and April 7th. The February 18th election is a primary, wherein races for positions like mayor, alderperson, and county executive will be narrowed down to just two candidates each. The April 7th election is the final election for positions like mayor, alderperson, and county executive, but will also include other items such as presidential primaries and a referendum to boost MPS's budget through increased property taxes. Today's election special will feature David Crowley, candidate for Milwaukee County Executive and current state assembly person from the 17th district. We talk about everything from Crowley's Milwaukee upbringing to his priorities as county executive. Crowley and others will be on your ballot on February 18th for a primary and April 7th for a general if he makes it past the February primary in first or second place. Really quickly though, if you like what we're doing, you can support us by rating and subscribing from wherever you get your podcasts or by supporting us on Patreon at the $4.14 level. For just $4.14, you keep us on the air at 104.1 River West Radio and help us invest in better equipment. None of us are personally paid from the podcast, but your support makes it easier for us to continue making Bridges City more impactful in Milwaukee. As a reminder, our election specials are not endorsements of the candidates featured, but are meant to highlight upcoming elections and for you to get to know some of the candidates on your ballot. You can find out more about who's on your ballot and where you can vote at myvote.we.gov. That's myvote.wi.gov. So while you're heading to myvote.we.gov to check out your ballot, I'll let Representative Crowley take it away. My name is David Crowley. I'm the state representative of the 17th Assembly District. I am also uh, chair of our Milwaukee Democratic Legislative Caucus, chair of our Black Caucus, co-chair of our Black and Latino Caucus, uh, and I'm currently running for a Milwaukee County Executive. Milwaukee County Executive. So for familiar listeners, you might remember that we actually interviewed the current exec, Chris Abeli, who uh, surprisingly announced that he's yeah. not running for re-election um, so why is it then that you decided to run, knowing that you're a state mm-hmm. rep, you're, you're representing people here in Milwaukee, uh, what inspired you to run then for this county level position as county exec? Um, well, first and foremost, opportunities doesn't, you know, like this doesn't come uh, often when you think about these open seats. Uh, but I've, I've been born and raised here in the city of Milwaukee, Milwaukee County. And there is a tale of two counties. Um, I'm, I have a very unique perspective. I grew up here in Milwaukee County, relied on county services in order to thrive, but also had that same opportunity to provide those same county services when I worked for Milwaukee County uh, Board as a legislative assistant. Um, but the tale of two counties is really about making sure that we can actually create bridges, uh, no pun intended. Um, this is about creating bridges within Milwaukee County, bringing Democrats, Republicans, 
members of organized labor in the business sector uh, to the table. Uh, you know, I think that you can get a lot more done when you have more people at the table. There's always smart people around. Uh, as a politician, I know I'm not the smartest person uh, in the room. Uh, Otherwise, I wouldn't be a politician, right? Well, um, well, here in this room, you might be. Yeah. No, no, no. no. <laughs> but for me, it's it's about you know figuring out ways that we can lead uh, this community, um, you know, not to just survive, but to, to to continue to thrive. And so, building relationships has uh, been a part of my reputation. Uh, I've been doing that as a state representative uh, at the state level, and I want to really bring that commitment and that same dedication to Milwaukee County. Um, but also, you know, Milwaukee County is the most segregated, uh, one of the most segregated places to be here in, in, in the nation. And so, you know, when I think about that, that is embarrassing. And the fact that we don't have any type of strategic plan uh, to really focus on, you know, what Milwaukee County is going to be in the future. Uh, I figured it was my time to, to rise up to the occasion um, and show folks that I'm willing to be a leader, willing to bring people together and willing to make change uh, for the better of everybody, regardless of of what you look like, who you love, or where you live. Wonderful. And one thing that is unique on Bridges City, I think, relative to some other news outlets, is that we get to know the candidates at a deeper level because we get, you know, 30-plus 30, 30 minutes with mm -hmm. them one-on-one, uh, on one, or in this case, Sam and I are both here. So let's back up a little bit. Before you started, before you decided to run for county exec, you had to decide to get involved in politics. Yeah. What what inspired you to get involved in politics? Um, to be honest with you, and, and some people may say, say this sounds cliche, but my community. Um, when I was about 16, 17 years old, I had an organization called Urban Underground. And Urban Underground is a youth development organization that works with young people to introduce them to what organizing is. That really came and like saved my life and put me on a path that I never would have thought I'd be on. And so I started doing community organizing. Um, around cr uh, uh, criminal justice stuff, community justice, started a cop watch program. And we were used to tell people what their rights and responsibilities are uh, when they had interacted with law enforcement to make sure they knew what their rights were. But also, more importantly, especially if you're a person of color, making sure you're safe, right? Um, because we know that there's a, a few bad apples out there. And so really wanted to build that trust. And so continue to do some organizing, but quickly realize that, you know, a lot of the times it was politicians that were in the way of actually creating that change. And so I decided that um, it was my time to get involved in politics. And I got a chance to work for uh, Senator Russ Feingold back in 2010 and uh, basically was this African-American statewide organizer. Got a chance to actually travel, learn a little bit from him, definitely learn integrity, definitely learn the work of, of being a policymaker in a sense and decided that, you know what, this is my calling. Um, one, people liked me <laughs> from doing the work, and I, I realized that this is some work that I like doing. And so when, when Russ basically helped me step outside my comfort zone, um, it, it, it really introduced me to a whole new world of things. And so I decided that, you know what, uh, this is the work that I wanted to do. Um, and uh, from there, just continue to stay involved. Worked for Milwaukee County for a bit, uh, worked for the Democratic Party for a bit, worked for another politician at the state level and county level, uh, here in Wisconsin and decided to to run myself and now I'm the state representative of the 17th Assembly District. Wonderful. And then I'm going to I'm going to push you back a little even further uh, beyond you. You started, I think, at uh, Urban Underground, mm -hmm. sort of where you started your answer for what got you involved in politics. Tell me a little bit about growing up in Milwaukee. Though. Mm -hmm. you, you're from the city, right? Yeah, I think that's important for voters, especially um, if there's there's quite a few candidates in the race now. And, and this is a county level race. Right. 
and obviously being f- people from the city of Milwaukee might make this distinction. It's different if you're from the city of Milwaukee versus the county of Milwaukee, right? right? Th- th- there are differences there. So tell me a little bit about what was life life like uh, for you growing up in the city of Milwaukee. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is kind of the, the tale of two counties that we talk about. So, you know, first and foremost, I mean, I grew up on 23rd and Burleigh. Um, that is the 53206 zip code that we famously talk about, which is the, the most incarcerated zip code in the country and possibly the world because everybody else doesn't use zip codes, right? Um, growing up on 23rd and Burleigh, I mean, we struggled as a family. Uh, my, my, my mother, uh, during the first few years of my life, she was pretty much a stay-at-home mom. Uh, my dad was a um, union electrician, uh, but they struggled a lot with, with, with drug addiction. And so there were times where, you know, we kind of had to take care of ourselves as children. Um, and it's different because, you know, you, you see people who are doing all these different types of things, not necessarily because they, quote unquote, want to. But this is a this is a level of survival. When you think about those who are selling drugs, those who are doing anything that they can uh, to make sure that they can put food on the table. And sometimes that may not be for them. That may be for their younger brother or their younger sister. And depending on the situation with their parents, you know, sometimes they're doing it for their parents. When you think about the mental health or or people with disabilities. Uh, two things that I, like my mother have, right? And so growing up, we struggled a lot. We've been through, I've been evicted at least three times within a two-year span. And I, so I, I, can, I, I share a lot of the, the same issues many struggling families have. And, you know, when we talk about eviction, you know, my mother, we, we were evicted because my mother couldn't get the hours to work. Mm-hmm. Right. It wasn't because she didn't want to pay her rent. She didn't want to pay her bills. But the, at the end of the day, she wasn't getting enough hours to take care of her, you know, three sons. And I have I have two brothers. I have an older brother um, and a younger brother. Uh, and, and we struggled. You know, my, my older brother is eight years older than me. And, you know, later on in life, he was diagnosed with a mental health issue. And, and we had to learn how to deal with that as a family because, you know, when you, when you don't know what mental health is or how to deal with it or mental wellness in general, you start to, you know, start to believe in the stigma. You know, in, in many uh, communities of color, we don't tackle mental health the way that we need to tackle it. Uh, I remember growing up, we just called it a nervous breakdown. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't really have the, the real discussion about how do we deal with this as a family. And and but we had to deal with it. And so when you think about, you know, those same county services that my brother had to go to in order to get diagnosed and things of that nature, um, it took too long uh, for us to actually get him some services. Right. Um, just like many families. Um, you know, it, it, it's crazy because when I think about where I come from. You know, I've came of a, a long way. Mm-hmm. And, and now with everything that I've been through, you know, I, I had to do some reflecting and I've realized that like, one of my biggest heroes is my mother. You know, even though she struggled, even though I was angry at her growing up, now as an adult, you know, being involved in politics and understanding where she came from until now, I understand the issues I understand and I have a lot a little bit more a lot more empathy you know for everything that she's went through and so you know the thing is is that we have to recognize the 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 many issues we're facing as a community and we have to do everything that we can one to give people the benefit of the doubt Mm -hmm. because the cycle of poverty the cycle of of mental wellness the cycle of of anything detriment to to communities particularly communities of color we have to actually tackle head on and we haven't been doing that as a society 
Mm. You mentioned uh, earlier that Urban Underground saved your life, and mm-hmm. I was wondering what needs did they meet at the time, and how did they shape who you are today? Well, you know what's so funny is that, you know, I would say the one thing that I learned from Urban Underground was actually how to love. Okay. Like, that was a huge thing for me. And it's not to say that I didn't learn. I, it, I, and my parents loved me. Mm-hmm. My family mm-hmm. loved me. But it was it was different, right? You know, growing up in the hood, it's just like, well, you know, I know people that love you know, dope, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's the best thing for them, mm-hmm. right? And the type of love that I was receiving from my family, I don't think that was the love that I I needed at that moment, right? Or that was going to help me thrive. I remember the first week I was in Urban Underground, we took a trip for a college tour in Lake Geneva. And back then, you know, I was wearing pink, right? You know, mm-hmm. Dipset, it was all this, this hip-hop stuff that was coming out back when I was in high school. And... And I was, you know, I had a little sass to me. And so, you know, whenever I asked a I mean, question, you were 16, I mean, <laughs> you know, right. And so, when you know, I asked somebody would ask questions, I always felt like I was smart enough to answer them. Mm-hmm. And one time I answered this particular question, and this guy from Racine uh, decided that uh, <laughs> he said it like that because uh, we talked earlier. <laughs> right. And, yeah. and I, he knows that I'm from Racine. So. And um, he started talking about me. And it, it kind of mm-hmm. got to a point to where, like, okay, we're about to get into a fight. And all these people after a week who I really didn't know stood up for me Mm. and they were there and like they were between me and this guy about how I didn't need to do this, how it was much better. Mm -hmm. But for me, it was like, you don't even know me. Right. But it was the first time that I understood what it meant to kind of be a part of a community. Mm -hmm. Right. Because when you grow up in, in, in an area where. You don't see wealth. You don't see too many people going to work. You see drugs. You see liquor. You see all these different types of ills. You start to wonder about your own community. And so when they stepped up, for me, it was like, okay, this is what community feels like. This is what it feels like to be loved outside of your own family. And it never really, it never really hit me. But then they start giving me tools, right? So I knew the issues that was affecting me, right? Like I understood that as a 16-year-old, I had certain rights when it came down to the, to the police or as a 16-year-old, what my rights are as a student. But they started equipping me with the tools to actually combat those mm. issues, right? I learned how to organize. I learned yeah. how to talk to more people, find out what their self-interests are in order to get them involved in, in, involved in different types of movements. And so it was a it was an excellent opportunity. It really, like, seriously opened my eyes. Yeah, gave uh, you a sense of agency. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, like, you know, me... The reason why I'm involved in politics now is because my community saved my life, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not to take away anything from my parents and my family, but my community literally helped steer me on this path of being involved in, in, in politics, but also steer me in the path of, of service in general, hence my AmeriCorps background. And so the reason why I, I am involved in politics today is that this is this is my giving back. This is me giving back to my community uh, because it takes time and commitment to be a great elected official here uh, in the state of Wisconsin, and particularly if you're a person of color. Yeah, so you, you, you've talked a lot about um, different challenges you faced growing up and different challenges you, you were able to identify in the city of Milwaukee. I'm wondering, it, it almost sounded like, though, too, that you were laying out some of your platform preferences in terms of uh, challenges that you faced mm-hmm. uh, or that you see that the city faced while, while you lived here, things like mental health. Uh, you mentioned that you had, uh, had challenges with eviction. Right. So like uh, housing security here in right. the city of Milwaukee, jobs. 
Um, are those some of your priorities, knowing that like you experienced, uh, you know, the, the challenges and trauma that can come with a lack of government services mm-hmm. in those areas? Are those the things that you're going to prioritize as county exec or what are some other things you're highlighting? I mean, I mean, day one. Yeah. Short answer. Yes. Yeah. Right. Like those are issues because they're still affecting so many people to this day. Right. I mean, like it, it, you mentioned, like you just mentioned jobs. Like when I got my I had my first job two days before I turned 14. And I was working in lawn maintenance. When I was 14 years old, I made $7 an hour. I'm now 33. And the minimum wage is $7.25 an hour, still to this day. And so for me, it's like, okay, that's a huge problem. Okay, almost 15, more than 15 years later, mm-hmm. we're st- people are still making, you know, the same amount of money when I was making as a freshman in high school. Like these are some of the issues that we need to be tackling and we have mm-hmm. to take some hard looks at some of the stuff. And so, yes, we're going to be tackling uh, homelessness, chronic homelessness, tackling eviction, tackling making sure that people have access to more behavioral health uh, uh, services, particularly around mental health, making sure that folks have the reliable bus service. You know, I started taking the bus when I was in sixth grade. Okay, that was the only way that I could get to and from school. And in middle school, the only way I could get to school was by taking the county bus. I want people to hear that. And I took the county bus from sixth grade up until the time I got my license. And, you know, unfortunately, I didn't get my license until I was about 19, 20 years old. Yeah, I took driver's ed in high school. I think my year was the last year that they had driver's ed. But we were poor. I couldn't afford to pay for behind the wheel. So I took the class and got that half a credit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. But, you know, I couldn't afford that 150. And so, like, you know, that whole time I was on the bus, I wouldn't know where half the places are here in Milwaukee County if I didn't rely on the bus system. Yeah. You know? And, and it's about strengthening those types of services because, you know, no matter if you're affluent uh, or, or not, you know, those are services that you could use right now, you know, or if something happens, those are services that we'll be relying on. Mm-hmm. One thing that um, I'm going to shift a little bit, thinking back to our conversation on Bridges City with County Executive Chris Abley, um, he mentioned one of the big challenges he faced as County Exec is balancing the local priorities, like municipal level priorities, Mm -hmm. uh, those municipalities within the county, county preferences and priorities, county government in particular, and state level uh, priorities. what about your background and experience is going to help you balance the intersection between these three branches of government or three uh, levels of government, I should say, and um, the, you know, the, the, ba- the balancing of those interests mm-hmm. across a variety of different levels of government? Absolutely. Well, I mean, first and foremost, it's hard to balance anything when you don't have the resources to actually provide the services that you're kind of mandated to provide. Um, but I think what makes me very unique uh, for this particular position is that literally started organizing grassroots in the community, uh, started doing political organizing at the statewide level and also I, I, and at the county level, and I work for the state currently. Um, I'm very familiar with what happens at the city level, the county level, and the state level. But more importantly, I have relationships with many people at both the city, the county, and the state level. And at the end of the day, it's about how are we going to work together in order to make sure that we can provide a quality living for all of our constituents. You know, it it is a balance, but at the same time, it's not. It's really about us getting on the same page. And that's why we got to bring everybody to the table. We've been operating in silos for so long. 
And most of that is because of funding. You know, we always use dollars to keep people separated. And it's not to say that we can't operate in silos, but at what point do we start to align all of our services and all the things that we're doing and having that conversation and saying, this is at least what I'm doing. I want to know what you're doing and how do we fit a part of a, a broader picture? We need a strategic plan of how we're going to move this community forward. And we have to be intentional with that strategic plan. And that's what I'm going to bring to the table. It's about big, bold visions. And so we haven't had that in a very long time. Uh, I, I commend many of our local uh, elected officials for everything that they've been doing. But it's right now is a moment that we have to seize. And that's really bringing everybody together. What we see, even federally, with the, with, the, with the polarization of politics so much. They're like, I mean, people are tired. And, you know, uh, Fannie Lou Hamer would say, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I think many people in our community, it feels that exact same way. So, you know, I know this campaign, people may feel like it may be, oh, this is just a love fest. No, this is about not only just loving one another, but this is a work fest. This is about bringing people together to do the hard work and making sure that we're touching the lives of everybody. You know, the, the tide has been rising for many, but only certain boats have been able to get into that ocean. And so it's about making sure that everybody has access to opportunity at this moment. I'm interested, too, because I can I, I hear your um, your background, your experience. It it to me makes you seem like a very qualified candidate, particularly um, a, an attractive candidate for people who, who live in the city of Milwaukee, mm -hmm. who are familiar with the city of Milwaukee. Going back to um, how did you frame it? The tale of two tale of two counties, the tale of two counties. What is your, uh, I guess, electoral strategy or like plan to address any concerns from those who, who don't live in the city of Milwaukee, maybe have never lived in the city of Milwaukee, only come here for a Brewers game or a Bucks right. game? How are you going to attract those voters to um, support you in the upcoming election? Well, I mean, it's always difficult, right? I mean, this is the most segregated place in the country or one of the most segregated places in the country. So it's about, one, we, gotta, we have to talk about some hard truths, right? And, and I think that most people you know, feel that we are neighbors, but do, but do we actually believe that, right? And I don't think that we do, you know, and the question is, is that we know that there are certain areas of this county where we are having some tremendous challenges. And it's really about convincing people that when we all do better, we actually all do better. And so, you know, you know, I, I'm not going to sit there and talk about the fact that, like, you may hear some of my, my colleagues, and I hate when people say, well, all the crime is spilling over from Milwaukee, right? And it's just like, come on with the dog whistle politics, right? But in a sense, I can also understand that to a, a very small degree, very, very small degree. But if, if they believe that, then help me help you in a sense. And so really what we want to do is we want to we want to reduce their tax burden by getting more people working, right? We want to make sure that people can spend dollars at the, their particular businesses, that people can become homeowners so we can build our tax base. You know, we are all in this together. And if you want some of that pressure to be relieved from you, then we have to make sure that we can empower more people here throughout Milwaukee County. I believe that the best way to build power is to give a little bit of it away. And we have to build power and we have to build wealth and we have to, and I'm not saying I'm gonna take everybody's money and give it to somebody else, Rob Peter to pay Paul, but we have to start doing some things differently here throughout Milwaukee County and really looking at each other as neighbors um, when it comes down to how we are providing that quality of living throughout all of Milwaukee County. And that's gonna take, 
you know, there's not a cookie cutter approach. You have to approach every municipality uh, differently uh, because they all have unique issues. Um, one question I like to ask elected officials is how, how do you define your constituency? Legally, your constituency, if elected as county executive, mm-hmm. is, you know, whoever lives in Milwaukee The county. whole 950,000 people yeah. that live here. <laughs> but as you mentioned, like, I mean, in a dog whistle context, but like things can spill over political boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. So like if you may live in Ozaki County, but work in Milwaukee County. And so if Milwaukee County's tide is rising, you and living in Ozaki County are also benefiting right. right from that. So the question is like, how do you, how do you kind of like view constituency or who are you kind of representing when you're stepping into office as county executive? Well, I, I never, I, I think, you know, it's funny that you say that because I think since I've been in this particular race, I've been writing, I've been reminded more and more about the mm-hmm. fact that I am black. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I think that, you know, if people look at this as, well, he's just going to be the, the county executive just for people of color, yeah. right? Which is like, it's super disingenuous. And it's just like, why do you think that, right? Um, we got some barriers that we really have to break down. If I'm the county executive, I'm the county executive of everybody. Mm-hmm. But as, and I'm not going to, you know, treat people differently because they may look like me or may not look like me or believe in the exact same thing that I believe in. This is about representing Milwaukee County. But the constituencies that we really have to be focusing on um, are people of color and young people in mm-hmm. general. Um, we have a very, we have a growing population that is getting older. Mm-hmm. And so when you think about how do we fill that workforce, I mean, that's going to have to come from that younger generation. Um, but also people of color. You know, one of the questions that people have asked me um, is, well, David, how do you know you're ready? You don't have any executive experience. Mm-hmm. But when you look throughout all of Milwaukee County, okay, how many people of color can you say are in an executive position? Mm-hmm. There's not that many. Mm-hmm. And it's because we aren't giving afforded those opportunities to be executives, right? And so when you, when you think about how we can move this community forward, we actually have to step outside our comfort zone and start electing people who we can, can actually move that needle forward. And I believe I'm one of them. Mm-hmm. But my constituency is everybody. Yeah. But we also need to find ways that we can uh, empower particular groups of folks in order to help the tide rise for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, one question that I learned to ask from uh, former mayor of Minneapolis, Betsy Hodges, when we interviewed her, um, was an interesting question I like to ask elected officials mm-hmm. as well. It seems like Sam and I both have our, our go-to questions. Uh, so one thing she asked all of her staff uh, in the first initial weeks when she started in her role as mayor of Minneapolis, um, she'd brought the staff members in and she, and she and she was sort of vetting them in some ways and asked them, if you, if you had 10% more money uh, and you had to use that money to address challenges of equity mm. in the city, how would you do that? And so that's my question, I guess, to you as county exec. Um, if, you know, Governor Evers approaches you, you're elected county exec, and he's like, look, I'm going to give you 10% more of what the county budget is, but you have to use that money uh, for equity purposes, advancing equity in the city. What do you do? That's a really good question. And it's so it's crazy because I'm like, I got so many ideas of what I would do with that yeah. money. Um you know, housing is big for me. Jobs are big for me. Transportation is big for me. Childcare is big for me. There's so many things that I would think about. But I think um, the number one thing that I, I, I guess I will be focusing on is, you know, is, is I, let me rank it because I don't want to just say certain things, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think housing, one. 
that would be like one of the number one things. It's hard to do anything without a house. Yeah. You know, when you think about, you know, whether you have a family, whether you talk about drug addiction, whether you have mental health, whether you talk about incarceration or education, you know, you can you can solve many issues with the housing first model actually works, right? And so I think that housing helps a, a person feel a little bit more comfortable in, in order to stepping outside their comfort zone in order to get things done. Uh, but I also think about the fact that, that family is extremely important to me. I'm married. I have three daughters, uh, 12, two, and, and six weeks. And one of the ways that we can really focus on young families is the, uh, by our investment in, 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 in early childhood education. Mm -hmm. That gives us the opportunity not only to teach these young people and give them a better stepping stone to whatever education system that they go into, but more importantly, it gives us the ability to focus on younger families. We get to work with those, those, those mothers and those fathers who may need a little bit more help, and we can, we can provide those wraparound services um, at, from the county level. I think that when you focus a little bit more on child care, we're actually providing a better opportunity, not only for those parents, but for that child as well. And so I think that would be huge. Um, again, uh, housing. housing. Housing and child care would probably be the, the, the two things I invest in. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. One question I love to ask people. Okay. What is your most proud accomplishment? <laughs> Not you, Sam. I'm that's asking. I'm asking I was, you know, I, I felt it. That's I was going to say, man, I got three girls. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I love the, you know, if, if my, my, my proud accomplishment is being a, a, a great father and a great husband at this moment. Um, you know, when I think uh, about my girls, when I think about the opportunities that has been afforded to me. Uh, many people don't get those types of opportunities. You know, I'm, I'm a representative of the 17th Assembly District, and I want my my girls to have that exact same opportunity, especially growing up as, as women of color here in the United States and, and how much they have to endure, you know, just thinking about my own mom's experience. Um, but if we also had to, if, we, if I had to talk about legislatively, um, the one thing that I've been able to do, you know, I technically don't get any credit for um, and don't necessarily want the credit because, you know, when you're doing good work, that's all that really matters is doing the good work. And uh, last session in the um, 16, 18 session, I want to say, I believe that was a session, uh, we were able to pass a, a bill that actually closes Lincoln Hills in 2021. And that was me going to the Republican leadership, uh, finding ways to get some Democrats to the table. And we really hammered it out and got something passed. And I'm really proud of that. And a lot of people will say, well, we rushed to it, you know. Uh, but we had to take advantage of a particular moment, and we did rush to it. These kids needed to come home. We need to make sure that we are rehabilitating them and they have access to the community that they come from and that loves them to make sure that they don't go back to the prison system. And I'm really proud of that, proud of the fact that we've been able to you know, get a, a, a lot more bipartisanship work done. Um, and, and a lot of that has been through the relationships that I've been able to build. And I am proud to, you know, be a bridge builder. You know, a lot of people get mad at me and say, well, David, you're always in the middle. It was like, well, how else can I pull everybody together? You can't do it from one end. You know, and if I'm doing it from one end, I'm only pulling you on my side. And so it's extremely important for me uh, that we realize that many of the issues that we are tackling, we're all on the same side, and that we need to start from a, a place of, of of where we agree versus where uh, where we disagree. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, that was probably a long answer. No, I, 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 like, I like that. A lot of people do split it up between like a personal yeah. and professional. 
Uh, so, totally fair. Yeah, yeah. that's absolutely <laughs> you know, fair. No, 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 don't make me choose between my dad yeah, and my babies, right? Really, right. Um, <laughs> that's the only way. Uh, I, I'm glad you actually brought up uh, Lincoln Hills because a big uh, responsibility of the next county executive is managing that transition from right. Lincoln Hills to wherever you know wherever ends up. Um, so what, I guess kind of point blank, like what what is your plan as executive for that transition? Well, uh, so th- I also sat on the grant committee on mm-hmm. how much how much That's, dollars yep. are going to be going to uh, the Milwaukee County. Uh, it's four different counties are going to be getting grants, and so we'll basically be looking at how we're going to uh, uh, renovate uh, mm-hmm. Vail Phillips and making sure that we are rehabilitating these young people. But it also one thing about it is that it, it frees up our youth aids at the county level, mm-hmm. and so that's going to give us the ability to actually do more preventative work yep. in making sure that these young people aren't coming into the prison system. And that's what we need to be doing. We need to look at what dollars can we spend on the front end mm-hmm. that's going to save us more money yep. on the back end. Sure. Early childhood education is one of those areas, and so. At the county level, how can we work with our healthcare systems and making sure they're reducing healthcare costs? Right, like there are so many different things that we could be doing. I'm really excited about all the possibilities. Um, but at the end of the day, the one thing when I when I think about the, our juvenile justice system mm-hmm. is what are we doing on the front end and making sure yeah. that these young people aren't coming into the system and in and in this system, you know, and you can have a great facility, but it can still be traumatizing to yeah. our young people. Absolutely. It can still uh, uh, affect them as they go on down the line as mm-hmm. older adults and they come back to the system because they feel like, oh, well, I know this already, yeah. right? Yeah. So we need to do, be doing a little bit more on the preventative side and that's the one thing I can tell you I'm definitely excited to to be doing, uh, to be working on as the next county mm-hmm. executive. No, it's good to hear. I mean, it's maybe not the objective thing to say, but good to hear. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Yeah, we did a whole series on youth justice in Milwaukee and uh, awesome. did, uh, Sam led some in-depth research and uh, journalism on that topic so it's good to hear that you have a plan and that you oh, were involved yeah. uh involved in things uh even before this this race right. i would it would be remiss uh, i would be remiss if i didn't mention the fact that uh, chris larson who has run for county executive mm-hmm. before had recently announced um that he is also running mm-hmm. uh quite a few others i'm not going to list them here uh but, there's a lot uh, of us yeah. uh so for people who you know they, they know they're going to vote uh, they they probably they might be familiar with with uh, who you are, and but also know uh, uh, Senator Chris Larson's uh, name as well. Um, you know what? What makes you stand out as a candidate in, in a crowded field? Uh, well, first and foremost, just to put it out there, I know many of the folks in this race, and I think it's interesting how uh, a lot of us has worked together in the past. Um, but I am the only one in this race that I've actually been able to get bills passed in this contentious uh, legislature. Um, I have worked diligently to to build bridges uh, with both Democrats and Republicans all across the state in order to get things done. And that's the very and I had bring again to bring a very unique perspective um, because we relied on county services. And so for me, um, the the one thing that nobody else has in this particular race is the relationships uh, with the governor's office, the state legislature, the surrounding counties. Um, but also here in Milwaukee County, I have relationships across the gamut, and and really trying to build and really trying to build bridges to make things happen. Um, I can say that I I I am the only candidate that has been able to do that um, with our current legislature. But the other thing is, is that you know whoever's going to run Milwaukee County, I mean yeah, you're an administrator, but we need somebody that's going to do a little bit more than just run the county. Who's going to 
encourage our people to get involved and get out when it comes down to the census count, right? Because that's how we bring more federal dollars back to Milwaukee County. Who's going to go out there and encourage more people to get involved and, and participate uh, in our voting process, right? And and when you think about that, who who do we need to be involved? And that's more millennials, which I am, and those that are younger, uh, but also more people of color. And so what I plan on bringing to this to this seat is not only being a great administrator and making sure that we maintain a quality of living for many of the residents that are doing good and improve the quality of living for our communities that have tremendous challenges. This is also about instilling hope and encouragement and empowering a, a, a everybody here in Milwaukee County and understanding that they too have some power in uplifting this whole community. And I think it's extremely important that, you know, while we focus on running the county, that we focus on, uh, I like to say, the mind, body, and soul of everybody. I mean, and that's what we can do as, as, as that's what I plan on doing as the next Milwaukee County Executive. Wonderful. Uh, in true Bridges City fashion, um, I mentioned earlier that Bridges City is all about uh, action and how to get involved. Um, so I'm curious to hear from you. What is your action step to our listeners uh, on how to make a positive change? You can also feel free to to plug any way to get involved in the campaign <laughs> if, sure. if they like what they hear here. For sure. Well, I mean, uh, if you want to go and get into action, I, I tell people all the time and I know my campaign team may get mad at me, but I always talk about the three T's um, and no matter what organization uh, or what you plan on doing, always give the three T's and the three T's is uh, your time, you know, Everybody needs volunteers. Uh, make sure you go out and give your time to whoever it is or candidate. Um, treasures. Uh, there are a lot of nonprofits that need uh, that need help when it comes down to funds and campaigns. So you can always give to us as well. Uh, but also talent, and we always forget about the talent and how you can utilize your talent uh, to bring in that that treasure or bring in somebody's time to help out a candidate or a nonprofit or whatever that project may be. And so I love to talk about the three T's and would love for folks to donate one of those three T's to me. And if you're interested in getting involved, you can visit Crowley for MKE dot com. Uh, the way that it's spelled is C-R-O-W-L-E-Y-F-O-R-M-K-E dot com. And so uh, reach out to us, call us, email us, Facebook us, tweet us. Instagram us. You on TikTok? Uh, no, <laughs> so I have TikTok. Okay. I haven't used yeah, it yet. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not on it either. Um, so I'm, 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 I don't even know how to use it, to be no. honest with you. Um, but please visit us. Uh, learn more about us. We are we are, we are reaching out to everybody. We're not leaving no stone unturned because if you want to affect change, you need everybody on board. And so uh, this is going to be an extreme diverse uh, campaign and really looking forward to the next few months and actually winning this election. All right, well, thank you so much for talking to us at Bridges City, and good luck with the campaign. Thank you so much, and appreciate you guys uh, coming out and having me on. Thank you, Representative Crowley, and thank you all for listening and continuing to support Bridges City in 2020. As mentioned throughout the episode, there are four elections this year, including two that are right around the corner on February 18th and April 7th. Please visit myvote.we.gov to learn more about everything voting related, including how to register to vote, what's on your ballot, and where your polling place is. This is going to be a big year for Milwaukee, with a lot of new attention from around the country. So now is the perfect time to find something to dedicate your time, treasure, and talent to. Thanks, Representative Crowley, for that one. And let us know how you are helping bridge the city.